1: Welcome to the crack
0: never changed. Me and my son of it when we hang. The sports comedy podcast that ate a record breaking number of hot dogs this weekend, but kept quiet about it like a real hero would. Find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, dripping from one of Garrett Cole's confiscated baseballs and reporting all the wrong elements of the Rachel Nichols news in an article no one read. We see a dead spin. Huge show today. The NBA Finals are upon us, so I brought in the exact person I most wanted to talk about the matchup. Yes, it's the return of SNL's Heidi Gardner, but first, and I promise I will not make you wait long listening to my dumbass, a quick trip through the headlines. On July 4th, Joey Chestnut broke the world record for hot dog eating by downing 76 dogs. Later that night, he also broke the record for most hot dogs vomited at 82, weirdly. Guess he had eaten a few warm-up hot dogs the night before. Probably not wise. After several months of removing one superstar from the bracket every couple of days, it's time for the NBA Finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns. Fun fact, both teams entered the league in 1968, the same year DeAndre Ayton was born. Injury issues are, of course, the story of this particular postseason, with both Giannis Antetokounmpo and Trey Young going down midway through the Eastern Conference Finals, giving both teams an even playing field. As in, even with this playing field, this is better than watching the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, we'd also like to say goodbye to Marv Albert, who retired after the Eastern Conference Finals in 2013, for all intents and purposes. Giannis underwent round-the-clock treatment on his knee prior to game one in an effort to get his status upgraded. Unfortunately, he realized just before game time that it was on the wrong knee. Now the other knee is both very limber and borderline injured. Turns out Giannis was a go for game one unexpectedly, and he put up 20 points on 74 free throws. Sprinter Shikari Richardson was left off the Olympic relay team after testing positive for marijuana. Team USA was reportedly worried she would bogart the baton before passing it. Said podcast listeners, interesting joke, Adam. It's a 4 out of 10, but more importantly, the USOC sucks. I concur. Patriots wide receiver to kill Harry has formally requested a trade, which is how Bill Belichick learned to kill Harry was still on the roster. New England were hoped to maximize Harry's value by telling people he's Jacoby Myers. Shohei Ohtani of the Angels was named MLB's first ever two-way all-star this week, making the team as both a hitter and a pitcher. Also making history, Aroldis Chapman was named MLB's first ever no-way all-star. Bruce Springsteen's daughter, Jessica, was named to the U.S. equestrian team for the Tokyo Olympics. One of us, said America's Steelworkers. Man, she deals with horses who are born to run. That reminds me of that Bruce Springsteen song, My Daughter's on the U.S. Equestrian Team. Jessica Springsteen might be good, but she'd be way better with Clarence Clemens riding side saddle. That's it, right on time. Phoenix Suns Milwaukee Bucks you might not be as excited as you were when LeBron was still around but I am and so is Saturday Night Live's Heidi Gardner back for her second appearance on this podcast and I'm so pumped coming right up Heidi Gardner there's no one I'd rather have on the show for an NBA finals preview and I'm so excited that you decided to come back and do this with me
1: Oh my gosh, that's such a compliment. I'm always like, really, I feel so lucky when you reach out because anyone that will listen to me talk about sports or give me a platform, I very much appreciate them.
0: (laughs) Extremely kind. And yes, this is an open forum. Let's do nothing but sports talk. But before I delve into it, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that since the last time you were on the show, You did a great all-time sports sketch on SNL. You were Michael Jordan's body man, bodyguard, coin-flipping partner along with Keegan-Michael Key. Um, When did you know that you needed to play that man and how did that all come together?
1: You know, um, what's so crazy is I usually kind of pride myself on the fact that I'm like, I know what I can play. I know what characters I can play. I know what I can do. Um, And it was like four four or five months ago, probably like in February. I mean, Last Dance had been out for a while. I certainly saw it like when it was airing every week, like um, last April pandemic. But one of the writers uh, at SNL, Streeter Seidel, he sent me an email in February and the subject was, and it's weird because usually, you know, he'll just text if he has an idea for a sketch, but an email, this is like more formal. And the subject was, it's a crime, you haven't played this man. And I was like, hmm. And then I just like clicked, and then I opened, and there was just an image of John Michael Wozniak going. And I was like, oh, I, of course, loved that man in the documentary. Like, one of my favorite parts, couldn't get enough of it. But I was like, I definitely didn't think I could play him. Um, that never crossed my mind. And, but when he said that, I was like, oh, my God, you see that in me? Like, um, and then there wasn't quite the right host, like, after he had sent that. And then once um, we heard Keegan was hosting, I was like, would this week be a good week to do the security guard? And, um, and yeah, we kind of went back and forth. Like, should we just do it, like, shot for shot? the documentary footage and I'm I'm so glad and that was really his idea to do it that way um and I'm so glad we did I mean as you know like a huge basketball fan like just the night that we shot that and all the background extras who were like so amazing and so fun in the like old vintage Bulls warm-ups and um Keenan in the Charles Barkley Suns warm-up I mean it was just like I, and the fact that the set looked exactly like that, you know, little side room uh, at the United Center, I was just like, I couldn't believe that was happening.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, first of all, like, incredible foresight by Streeter, but second, like, it, it really was shot for shot. Like, the format and the set, like, perfect.
1: Yeah, it, it was truly just a, a dream come true for a comedian, but then also a sports fan too. And I'm always trying to figure out like, how do I make those two worlds intersect? And like, finally it happened.
0: Yeah. Um, me too. Obviously to a lesser extent, but yeah. talking, uh, <laughs> talking about Charles Barkley's sons, uh, they're back in the finals this year. Sons bucks, probably not the finals team that you and I expected, but I am in the camp where like that, excites me are you the same kind of person are you happier to see like sort of i mean not random but you know like unexpected franchises get the spotlight
1: totally um i you know it was so cool watching the suns last year in the bubble like i loved that everyone called them bubble suns and like you know there was it was like they were boiling they were like um there was something about them and it was crazy like how well they played that they didn't actually make um the playoffs uh, and then getting that extra piece and Chris Paul was so cool and they played so well all season but then I feel like the playoffs hit and like it feels like this like vintage kind of like perfect basketball I mean with all the modern moves too of course but like um, so that's been so cool and then um, and I feel the same way that like it's really cool I read a um, statistic that Jay Crowder is the only player on both teams to have ever been to a finals. So just like, I just imagine the excitement in like so many of the players, like this is what they dreamed of all of these guys. So I'm just so excited. And and the Bucks have been playing incredible too. I mean, I'm just like, um, you know, I was a little scared that Giannis played last night, just because I want that knee to like fully recover. But I trust him and the doctors and the coaches more than my anxious brain.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe that like we are talking about a world where he played in that game and he was fine. Um, But you mentioned the injuries and I do feel like we have to touch on that. Like, are you worried that we went into a new season a little too fast? Cause these do feel like the right teams for the playoffs we just watched, but we lost a lot of talent along the way.
1: Fully, I mean, I mean, even if you just look at like, um, and I'm like knocking on wood right now uh, yeah, because I don't is. want anything to happen. But even if you just look at Chris Paul, who's still playing, and even just in the playoffs, like torn ligaments in his hand, shoulder, COVID, like <laughs> it's it's insane. There's like too many things that can like hit these players right now, and um, and yeah, it's just been like. Uh, any regular season like this would not happen so it has been like super heartbreaking like it was so weird to be watching like the Nuggets in the playoffs who were fantastic but then know that they were missing Jamal Murray like this huge piece like that would have like really changed things you know like everyone seemed to be missing that piece and it must feel like really crummy just yeah all around
0: i do i mean you touch on a good point that like i do feel worse for the nuggets than maybe like the lakers like like okay you have to operate without anthony davis like but you did extremely recently win a ring so like it's a different feeling for a franchise that's fully missing someone i sort of also i mean obviously the injuries make me cringe and i'm nervous every time you know somebody takes the wrong step I want to gauge how you feel about this. I'm not a huge fan of the counting in every arena when Giannis takes a free throw. That makes me feel not good. Like, are you on the same page there?
1: Fully on the same page. I, it was so weird because last night I was like, I feel like maybe that was, an um no offense against the fans, I was like, was this just an Atlanta thing? I was like, this isn't going to happen. Like, that's just like, um that was during one playoff series. And when the Suns fans started doing it, I was like, no, like, why? Why? I I mean, I get, I get win at any cost. But it's like, we're not trying to win by like hurting other players. And like, why also, like, to, to me, it's just like, really, really, really mean. And I even hate the fact that like, even the concept of like, hack a shack, like, I hate it. I'm like, you know what? I think, again, win at any cost, but I think if you're going to use that, it just, it's dirty and it sucks and it's mean and I can't stand it. And I can't stand the counting. I like had to change the channel during the counting. I'm like, this man is like putting himself out there to entertain all of us. And he's obviously so skilled. Like, why are, why are we putting him through this right now? This is brutal. This is torture. This is mean.
0: Yeah, I hate I hate it, and it's he's first off, he's not the first player to not shoot free throw as well. He didn't invent struggling at the line. Like Shaq, Shaq is the worst free throw shooter of all time. Dwight Howard really bad. And then two, you heard the announcers last night kind of being like, uh, "The count seems a little fast. Are we sure that's ten seconds?" Like even the announcers, I feel like, are like, really more more rounds of this. Like uh, I don't know,
1: it's brutal. And I also just feel like yeah, like you said, like. Not the first guy to not be good at free throws. And like you have to imagine an athlete's mind is probably one of the most disciplined in the world. Like they're probably actively trying to solve this problem too. And there's some sort of blockage or mental blockage or or there's one thing they're not good at. Like let's just take it easy, be a little nicer, have some compassion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, Ben Simmons was like a different situation entirely. Like he might not be playable at the ends of these games, but this is like a two-time MVP. So I don't know. Um, That's where I'm at. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Um, Moving away from the teams that are here though, very briefly. um, The last time we talked, you were pretty like adamant in rooting against the Nets making the finals. Um, They didn't, it took, a miracle. It took like Kevin Durant's foot being in a big shoe, uh, which is a classic weird sports thing, but like they're gone. Are you feeling like that was justice or are you feeling like they should have lost the finals or, or like, where are you there?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's not even like necessarily justice. It's like, I still feel like, and this is unfair. It's completely unfair. I'll call myself out on it. I still feel like I have this like bias against KD for leaving the thunder. And I, I think that was just because I felt like they almost made the finals that season. And, but who knows what was going on behind closed doors. And I have like a real spot in my heart for Russell Westbrook. So I just have this bias against KB, but it's not fair because at the same time, it's like, he's incredible. I can't deny that, you know? Um, so anytime I see like pieces built around him that are something mean uh, a super team, I have warriors PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's how I was feeling about the nets. And, and then also it was kind of the same deal as like the Clippers. I felt like they weren't playing together a lot. And some of that definitely had to do with injuries, but then, you know, you hear all these different reports, like, all these different reports of when they're willing, when they're taking breaks, when they're taking you know, all this stuff. And obviously, again, I know nothing <laughs> about what's going on, but it's just kind of like, come on, like, didn't you guys build this team so we could all watch the best players in the world, like play together. And, and now you're not, and it just feels unfair. So I think I was just a little over the team from the start, um, which felt really bad because I live in Brooklyn. It's like, um, but I definitely latched more on to if I was going to jump on any New York team bandwagon this year, it was more going to be the Knicks than it was the Knicks just because that was like such a fun young team to see that improvement um, was very fun.
0: Yeah. Did you, did you get to a Knicks playoff game? Cause I went to a Nets playoff game. Cause once again, New York, that those are the tickets that are available. And right. I went and it was like, super strange vibe, very loud, like uh, admittedly really loud at the Nets game. But like, I I couldn't tell who the fans were. It was just like dudes who wanted to see basketball. Did you get to a Knicks playoff game?
1: I did. I went to game one that we lost by two points, Mm -hmm. um, which was brutal, but the energy was just insane. I mean, I know that the fans were so excited because the Knicks haven't been in the playoffs for 13 years. Like, And then just, like, kind of coming out of the pandemic or or starting to, um, crazy energy. And then I have to, like, even though when you're there and you're rooting for the Knicks, like, Trey Young feels like such a villain. And he was, like, started doing that, like, right off the bat, game one. Like, um, I was, like, this is cool. This is how basketball should be. Like, this is Reggie Miller style. Like. Um, That that made it even more exciting that automatically it was like, ooh, that's a bad guy.
0: (laughs) That was going to be my next point. Like, as somebody we missed out on in the finals, Trey Young sort of feels like, weirdly, the closest person to the finals this year who didn't make it. Like, and it sounds like you do respect that. You're not like Trey Young's a punk or anti his game. You you Mm -hmm. love whatever. You love that energy.
1: Fully. But it's – he so reminds me of – it was like once I – Once I decided when LeBron went back to Cleveland that I was like, I'm going all in on this because this is a man on a mission. He wants to win this championship for the city. I'm all in. And then I felt like Steph Curry was like the person in his way and like the person that could change everything in like two minutes. And I got like super uh, Curry vibes from Trey Young. Like during that Knicks series, it was just like, oh my God, like this man is just unstoppable. And even when we're up and we're down so fast because of him. And so it's like, I get so mad at myself because I'm like, why? Cause I also like, I was like, I'm going all in on the Knicks in the playoffs. Like I didn't think they were going to like make it to the finals, but I was <laughs> like, I'm going to root so hard for them. And then it's almost like I sabotage myself from being able to like, like someone else like because that that's so talented like Trey Young I'm like now you're the enemy
0: the yeah. Trey Young thing yeah I mean first off yes like it's tough to have an enemy like Steph and like Trey who like can blitz you so quickly it's like I hate you but you did just score 9 points in like 36 seconds yeah. but like people can tell me all they want that Trey is not a good shooter which is like people do say that they're like you can you can leave him unguarded or whatever but he'll hit enough of those half quarters that you're like, um, actually I'm pretty sure he's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And even the floaters, like, yes, those are the, they almost like make me mad because they just, they float. They look too easy. They don't look like a proper shot or shooting position. And I'm just like, it almost feels like a cheat. Yeah. It
0: does feel like a cheat. And especially because they all like, they're like 95%. You're like, why is that happening? But yeah. No, no. Yeah. Um, a skill I've never mastered. Um, is there someone during this playoff run um, who sort of has broken out who you didn't have any feelings about before the playoff started, but now you're like, that's my guy. Like that breakout dude is great.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel kind of, um, I feel ashamed of this and that he was flying under my radar, but DeAndre, and I feel like I just like, because Other than like bubble suns, the suns just weren't, haven't been on my radar totally, or I guess Devin Booker was more. Um, But yeah, Aiton has just been like so much fun to watch, like killed it every series. And then like his celebratory dancing, like when they won the Western Conference uh, finals was just like so awesome. Uh, Or when they made it to the Western Conference finals. Yeah, he's been a joy to watch.
0: They're so wonderful. I always have a soft spot for Cam Johnson because I root for Carolina in college basketball, Um, embarrassing and weird, but love seeing him in (laughs) the finals. And then also Terrence Mann uh, from the Clippers, my dental hygienist is or was very briefly was Terrence Mann's aunt. Uh, She was dismissed from the practice after she worked on my teeth, which is weird. Um, okay. <laughs> but did spend a long session with me talking about Terrence Mann right after he got drafted. So I've always been like, oh,
1: oh, that's so special. Yeah, it was so cool to have see him have that like killer game that like, again, like the injuries have like played played the league and that's been so sad. But then that other guys get to step up and have like a 36 point game like that night. It was just like incredible.
0: Yeah, things we didn't know were possible have dominated this whole run. Um, Before I let you go, do you have a prediction? It's currently 1-0 Suns, good performance all around at home, but as we learned in the past few rounds, that may not be enough to get rid of the Bucks.
1: Yeah, I'm like the worst of predictions. I was like, Last night, I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be the Suns. And then I was like, what am I talking about? They're at home. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, not that that – but it just, you know, usually you're going to win at home. Um, but I do – I don't know. They're, like, playing so – they're playing so magically that I, I, I do think it's – feel, it feels like the Suns. It feels like the Suns. Yeah. yeah. But that also – like, I am a little bit torn. Like, I really wanted to fully jump on the Suns bandwagon, but I have. And I think I, I think I am because Chris Paul, but I really want Giannis to win a championship. But I'm like, he is younger. Like he could be back. It's hard.
0: It's really not easy. I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I agree with you. I think the vibe is Suns. I think it might go seven. And I do kind of want to see a Chris Paul get the ring first. And then Chris Paul decide to come to the Knicks.
1: Yes, same.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. sort of that's sort of the whole thing for me. Um, <laughs> Heidi, thanks so much for doing this. You also now have a podcast since the last time we spoke, Where We Were When. Tell me a little bit about that pod and what people can enjoy.
1: Um, yes. Yeah, so, like you said, it's called Where We Were When. And it's hosted by me and my brother, Justin. And it's all about where we were when we saw like certain movies of our youth, like our most memorable movie going experiences. Um so it's like where we were, who we were at the time, what was going on with our um lives, what our bedrooms looked like. Um and then we have guests on and it's a really fun way to get to know someone rather than just like asking them like what do you do and what do you like to do. It's like who were you when you were 12 years old? Like um, what kind of concessions did you get? Did you sneak into that movie? Did you get in trouble? Like, it really, like, just opens people up in a way that's um, that's been really cool. I love nostalgia. I love talking about it with people. And it's also been a cool way for my brother and I. He's six years older than me. And a lot of things I talk about, he's like, I don't remember that. We did that, you know? And a lot of things he talks about, I'm like, you never told me that. Mom went out with that guy? Like, just... <laughs> all sorts of um, reveals on the show that I wasn't expecting.
0: Amazing. Um, so yeah, everybody check that out. And very similarly, I'm always going to now associate the 2021 finals with the fact that we got to do this NBA preview together. So much appreciated. Oh
1: my gosh. Me too. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Heidi Gardner. Let's go. Check out her podcast, Where We Were When, wherever you get your podcast. And hey, also check out the NBA finals. Pretty good stuff. And now, my final flame. When the Phoenix Suns tip off against the Milwaukee Bucks, I'll be the least excited I've been for a finals matchup since last year, when it was in the middle of October a few feet away from the great movie ride at the midpoint of a soul-crushing pandemic. But before that, you have to go back to 2005 to find a matchup that bothered me this much, San Antonio Spurs versus the Detroit Pistons. And why did I find that battle so distasteful? Well, isn't it obvious? Star power. As in the power of my ex-wife Melody Starr, who lived in suburban Detroit, and every trip back for a finals game meant another chance for her to harangue me into going through the garage. And I did it. Every time. So what was in the garage? Not much. But Melody was convinced that exactly one of her mother's precious moments figurines was valuable. One with a printing error where it looks like the Jesus is lifting a toddler over a fence to harvest corn with three hands. Needless to say, that meant hours of sifting through boxes full of unrelated figurines to find a needle in a haystack we might never even have owned. NBA fans and fellas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So why does this year's finals matchup remind me of that ordeal? Because after 16 years, Melody finally found the figurine sold it for a profit, and very generously purchased me two tickets to game three of Buck's sons as a reward. I actually found the gesture extremely thoughtful. We haven't exactly been acrimonious in the years that followed the initial search, but we were rarely in touch, and every conversation served a clear purpose. We never caught up just to catch up. So next week, I'll be bringing a new girl to the game, a nine-toed stewardess named Argyle who never takes her hat off. Unfortunately, though, I'll be thinking of Melody, even though I'm trying to move on. That's star power for you. And so, for the first time since 2005, the NBA has a real problem on its hands. Adam Silver, get my ex-wife out of my head. Also, these are small markets. My thanks times a million to Heidi Gardner, the basketball goat. Talk to you next Thursday.